Hi, this is Brooke DeVard from Naked Beauty. Are you tired of feeling housebound? I sure am. Break free with the new Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Conair. It's a high-performance auto curler that's rechargeable and gives you up to 60 minutes of cord-free runtime. Just think of all of the incredible hair looks you can create in 60 minutes, unbound, away from your wall. Don't get tied down by cords. Love your look. Live unbound. Check it out at conair.com and search unbound. Tim Watson Munro. He's Australia's leading criminal psychologist and has assessed over 20,000 persons of interest, some including Julian Knight, Alan Bond, Alphonse Gangitano, Chrissy Swan. Oh, wait, that's not supposed to be in there. Or is it? Here's the doc. Yes, here he is, Doc. Tim Watson Munro. It's an absolute pleasure to have you in. Thanks uh, so talk much, about Brian. your book, Dancing with Demons. How are you, mate? I'm I'm very well, mate. Thank you very much, Dino. G'day. G'day, mate. Yeah, we want a full uh, uh, psychoanalysis of us lunatics in this studio oh, by mate. the end of this segment, mate. I only take on treatable cases, to be honest. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> the write-offs. Yeah, you've been... A, it's an amazing story. 38-year career... Uh, just reading through your book, uh, over 20,000 assessments. I think it's close to 30,000 assessments. Yep. How the hell did you get into this game, dealing with psychos? Well, my first job was at Parramatta Jail in Sydney. I was 25. I was incredibly fortunate to be offered the job. Fresh looked, meat. Oh, mate, I was fresh meat. I, I looked about 18, and uh, I can remember walking through the Dale dates uh, uh, on the first day. And uh, all I was met with was uh, wolf whistles and come over here, baby, can't wait to get you into my cell. <laughs> wow. and, and I thought, what have I got myself into here? But uh, it kind of went from there. And I, I worked in the jail when it was a very interesting period. There'd been the Nagel Royal Commission. It was a period and atmosphere of reform. Tony Vincent was the chairman of the commission. I was given almost carte blanche to set up programs and do what I want. And I did. I set up the first drug treatment program of any jail in Australia. I helped set up the day in jail program where young juvenile offenders spent a day in jail as a crime deterrent scheme. It was very effective. Arising from that, I was invited to give a talk at a uh, conference in Melbourne. And I had the great fortune to meet probably one of the top forensic psychiatrists in the country, the late David Syme. And he said, come and work in Melbourne. And I said, mate, I'd love to, but I live in Balmain and I go to the beach and I hadn't really thought about Melbourne at all beyond the weather and, of course, the football. Uh, but um, he had me on hello and I moved down about six months later and I've sort of worked here for a long time and uh, it went from there with very interesting cases. I've had a fabulous career. Well, and it was. It was the early 1981 when you did move down here and uh, <laughs> during the, uh, the latter part of the 80s, uh, you dealt with one of the most famous criminals in Victorian history, and that was Julian Knight. Of course, he had the Hoddle Street Massacre. Uh, he was the he was the uh, the perpetrator of that shocking event, and of course, mm. is still in jail where he killed seven people, I believe, and injured many others. Now, you had to deal with him. I did, and uh, I was 34. Again, it was a very big gig for a young guy, and with all the hubris and enthusiasm of my youth, I really embraced that case. I, I recognised it for what it was, the biggest case in Australia probably ever, beyond Ned Kelly. And uh, I immersed myself in it for over a year. I spent a lot of time with Knight. In passing, I still see him. I spoke with him probably about four days ago. Um, we've maintained some sort of contact. 
But it was a case that also affected me. And as the book describes, I some years later I fell into a deep depression and then ultimately uh, the stupid decision to use drugs. But I think that... Um, that really the night case, the Hoddle Street case, was the, the catalyst for me because I, I was too involved with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw all the photographs and it was a shocking crime. It affected all of Melbourne. I, I don't think we really recovered from that day onwards. Can you tell us what it was like meeting him for the first time? So you go into Pentridge Prison, I think it was, uh, and you <coughs> walk into the room for that first assessment or the first time you meet. It must have been an eerie feeling. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, he was in the old Pentridge Hospital. Pentridge was an old jail, the first jail in Victoria, probably. Bluestone, very dark, uh, moody place. And uh, I went down to the hospital, and I can remember the prison officer escorting me, saying, I don't know why you're wasting your time with this bloke. They should have shot him. Someone in jail will get to him. I really didn't know what to encounter, but what I found was a 19-year-old kid and uh, he was very bewildered and very respectful, quite wow. the contrary to what I expected. Wow. Un- unbelievable. Let's come back after the break. We're going to keep chatting about this because you've met so many unbelievable, it's unbelievable characters, very interesting ca- characters and colourful characters. Let's talk about it after the break. Chrissy Salmon Brownie with criminal <laughs> psychologist Tim Watson Munro. He's dealt with all the baddies over the journey. We spoke about Julian Knight. Tell us about one other famous one you've uh, dealt with. Of course, the Underbelly series was huge in Melbourne. The Underbelly Wars, Alphonse mm. Gangitano was one of the first victims, probably the most well-known victim. You treated him. You dealt with him. What was that like? Uh, amazing. Um, again, I saw him at Pentridge. He'd been charged with murder. And uh, I had to see him initially for a bail application, which was going to go nowhere. And uh, mysteriously, the two key witnesses went overseas. The charge was dropped. <laughs> and at that point, I thought, well, that's the end of Alphonse. But he, he wanted to continue seeing me. So he would come into my office in St Kilda Road and we developed a certain type of rapport over a period of time. I found him very interesting. He loved literature. He read Oscar Wilde. He was devoted to his children and his uh, partner. And uh, But there was obviously the darker underbelly side of him. He mentioned the underbelly wars. I saw 17 of the blokes who were murdered. Oh, so, you know, uh, I put out a call to someone and I said, can you tell so whoever... You, you make sure they pay their bills on time? Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I tried. I, I put out a call and I said, can you stop doing this? You're murdering my cash flow. <laughs> right? it, was, it was like that. It was a, a sort of crazy days. But uh, Alphonse always paid his bills. He used to grizzle about them sometimes, but he always paid. But the interesting thing was he didn't want to see me in my office. He said, I, I like you, mate. I like to talk to you, but I don't want to sit in the waiting room with crazies and other crooks. <laughs> and I said, well, we can go over the road and have coffee if you want. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I'm cool with that. So we'd go and have coffee across the road. And uh, I lost contact with him probably a month or so before he was murdered out mm. of his home. And uh, I liked him. He's a good bloke in many ways. Tim, uh, with psychopaths, people that you deem to be psycho... Despite the ability to kill others, is there like one personality trait that they all have that's the same? Uh, with psychopaths, a complete lack of remorse. They don't care. Look at contract killers, for example. It's all about the quid. They don't care about the implications for the deceased family, loved ones, the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, Melbourne was traumatised too by the underworld wars. They were starting to shoot them in restaurants and in public. People were running a book about who was going to be killed next. Ooh. But the... Um, <coughs> I think the major ingredient these days, sadly, is uh, ice. You know, it's an epidemic proportions. And uh, in the paper today, apparently Melbourne's the ice capital of Australia. 
a shocking drug that affects judgment, impulse, control and leads to potentially very violent behaviour. And I'm seeing a lot of young guys now who are um, uh, committing serious crimes on ice and they don't remember doing it. Well, Tim Watson, Munro, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in here, mate. Get down and buy the book, Dancing with Demons, in all good bookstores. And now it's a fascinating read. Uh, and thank you for... Uh, Thank you for your time, and also, well done on a, on a famous football career as well. Thank you very much. Uh, my son, Nick, who's a mad footballer, asked to say good day to you guys, so hey. I'm doing that on his behalf. Nick. He's a great footballer. Uh, he, he, he follows Collingwood, but uh, oh, I tried, guys. Oh, good, Andy. Tim, good on you, mate. Thank you so much for your time.
Hi, this is Brooke DeVard from Naked Beauty. Are you tired of feeling housebound? I sure am. Break free with the new Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Conair. It's a high-performance auto curler that's rechargeable and gives you up to 60 minutes of cord-free runtime. Just think of all of the incredible hair looks you can create in 60 minutes, unbound, away from your wall. Don't get tied down by cords. Love your look. Live unbound. Check it out at conair.com and search unbound.